Good evening, Patriots. And it's still Friday, January 14th, 2022. And the world is still as crazy as it ever was, as we know. In fact, the one thing that I think we're going to talk about tonight is how important it is to keep the memory of this time alive so that people never forget and we never go through this again. In a sense, it is truly a biblical time. Before we begin tonight, mypillow.com forward slash bards. Mypillow.com forward slash bards is the landing page for Bards Nation at the MyPillow site. Your promo code is Bards, B A R D S. You can use that code anywhere on the MyPillow site, the Frank Speech site, and my store site. There's amazing savings throughout the mypillow.com forward slash bards landing page. Has many of the featured specials to include 40% off on my slippers. Buy one, get one free Giza sheets. We have the six-piece towel set for $39.99 and many, many more. There's literally hundreds of products. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code BARDS anywhere there on the Frank Speech site or on the My Store site. TheFoundersBible.com. TheFoundersBible.com. That is... The Bible for Our Time, an NASB 1995 edition with our founders' documents worked within the scripture to experience a lesson in God's word and in our history to realize how much our founding fathers literally used scripture as a living language, something we could all learn from. So thefoundersbible.com, if you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, in the coupon section, you'll be able to save 20% on the Bible. So check that out as well. And Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com, which is the Bards branded coffee, a fantastic coffee designed for your health and energy and mental focus. It is literally the coffee for our time. And with that are a number of other products that go along with this health ecosystem that's been developed. They're fantastic products. The coffee is the foundation, Expedition Coffee. We have the Gut Health Triad to heal and seal your gut to help prevent leaky gut syndrome, which is a number one of the number one causes of our illness and sickness. And we have the Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. We have Pure 47, which is a silver extract, refined silver extract, one of the most refined silver extracts currently on the market. And it can isolate pathogens, boost your immune system, and even isolate the full complement of SOS carby COVID bioweapons that are being waged against us or used against us. And we have Earth, which is a full body supplement nutrient powder mixed with water. Drink once a day, equivalent to a whole meal. So it's fantastic. So check those out at Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. The age of the storyteller. Literally, stories are what define us. And I truly believe that in this information war, it will be the storytellers that win this war. Right now, as we know, the systems of storytelling are being controlled, manipulated at every level that the deep state can continue to, and yet we still have a very important voice and it continues to rise. One of the biggest things we have to be careful of ourselves, all of us, is falling into the traps of idolatry or shallow thinking. It's a tiring war, information warfare. And I remember back in 2012, 2010, 2014, those eras there, I was working 2000, up to 2011, I was in Afghanistan. And then I was later working at Fort Meade. 
And um, as part of the group I was with, which was referred to as Dog Squadron at, at the Asymmetric Warfare Group, we were doing a lot of looking at future threats. And one of the things I was talking about then was that the future threat was going to be a corporate information war using their license to wage information war via advertising and manipulation of truth. And that it would be the hardest one ever waged for the people because it would be, you'd be using trusted brands and companies against the people. It's also, as I would often talk and have talked with sustained information war is one of the most devastating things that can happen to a population because an information war constantly divides and turns truth and divides people divides beliefs. It changes the perspectives of what we actually believe and it puts pits people against each other by design. Information war is not a simple cause and effect. And this is one of the biggest misnomers people have because when you talk about people like President Trump saying, take the vax, but it's your choice, people say, well, I've, I don't know anybody that has taken the vax because he said that. That's not the way information warfare works. That's, that's a misnomer. Information warfare is a constant asymmetric attack on your thoughts and your decision processes. And it's coming from different angles at all times. And you're, the idea is that as you employ a very effective information warfare campaign, people throughout the strata of the culture on both on the multiple sides of politics and the multiple sides of entertainment and in, everywhere in influence are speaking a version of what they want you to do. Some are telling you it's your choice in this example. Some are telling you you must take it. Some are screaming, so the sky is falling. Some are saying, well, it's not as much a big deal, but it is important to do these sorts of things. And it's a constant pressure valve that's built to squeeze you into a decision and force you down a pipeline to make a decision with your own free will. A successful information warfare campaign will, be, will not be noticeable of who the actual origin of the decision will be. In fact, it will be very much as you are hearing people say, when we talk about Trump, well, I've never heard him. I've never heard of anybody that was influenced by him. That's exactly it. Because in the end, it will be your choice. That's an effective information warfare campaign. That you won't, you'll just say, well, there was just a lot of influence, but people made the decision to do X. And if you remember, I talked about last night, the idea that the French case had just happened of a family that sued the insurance company for not paying their life insurance after both doctors and the insurance company agreed that the person who died died from the COVID shot. There was no dispute on that. But the end of the day, the judge ruled that the insurance company did not have to pay because one, it was an experimental injection and two, the person used their free will when there was ample information out there for them to decide not to take the shot. These are such critical components to this. And you really have to keep in mind how much they are not forcing this shot, but how much they're threatening the force of the shot. Those are the influences because they need you to choose this by your own free will. And I would argue that even at their most climactic point, whenever that's going to be, they are not going to force the shot. 
They're going to use people against each other. So they'll get your neighbor to scream bloody murder, to have somebody come in and investigate you, that sort of thing. But they will never force the shot. And they may not force the shot even if, if they rounded people up and put them in concentration camps. They're not going to force the shot, I don't think. Because this is a much different warfare. This is a warfare not just with information, but it's at a spiritual level. And I, by the way, I just need to back up on that one comment because I know this always gets people riled up when I talk. if you talk about concentration camps, COVID camps, whatever you want to call them. I have no idea what's on the horizon on that. I know they're building them. As I said before, I know they're building them. I know they're there. These people aren't going to give up on this fight. There's two avenues ahead on those concentration camps. I just want to put that out there. One is us being the target, meaning the unvaxxed. That's a funny thing to say now, us. Like we are now a community of anti-vaxxers, which is really kind of cool, but it's amazing that we're even saying that. And then you have the other option, which is it's actually them. Because once you've taken this shot, you've modified your genetics, and you are now legally the property of the corporation whose shot you took because they can license you as a genetically modified organism. So I don't have any idea uh, where this is going. Biggest thing, I just don't worry about it. And that's just it because it's not within the realm of a controllable. What is controllable is our faith. So I'm sending all this up because I really want to remember how important it is that we do remember. We have to build continuity from now. And it's not just like, Get through this. I can't wait till this is over. That is not the issue. This is the war that will be won by the storytellers, and it is a war that will be remembered by those that tell the stories. And that's a very important component, and it's right, and it's scripturally sound. Let me, I'm going to begin tonight by reading Joshua 4, 1 to 7. So here we go. Now, when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, The Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe and command them saying, take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called to 12 men whom he He had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord, your God in the middle of the Jordan. And each of you take up one stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you that when you, when your children ask later saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. This is really an important component to where we are right now, and it must never be forgotten. How important it is for us to never forget the time we're in. I would encourage you all to journal and not do so online, but to journal and to start taking these notes of how you feel, what you went through. We're building essentially by doing that an archive, a a memory stone, if you will, 
and a memorial stone, to be more specific to Scripture, of this time. And I think it's very important that we do because if we fail to remember what's going on now, we are bound to repeat it. The one thing that is absolutely essential is we should never forget that history has to be learned. History has to be learned. If we do not, we are bound to repeat it. And sadly, what we have learned is we are repeating history in so many different forms. We're falling into the trance and the trust of a tyrant. We're seeing what tyranny does to people. So we need to begin that documentation. And to me, that falls under county by county, in fact. That's pillar number six, which is understanding your environment. It's research. It's documentation. It's all of those critical things of knowing and learning and preserving. I have no idea what will become of this, but I, I know this. And, you know, my great-grandmother, and this is a good example, a real good reminder too. My great-grandmother owned a hotel in Mexico. And my great-grandmother and grandfather owned a hotel in Mexico. And in fact, there was a time when they owned the hotel that Pancho Villa was coming through and he was killing American males. And so at least that's the story that we're told. And I don't have a full account of Pancho Villa and I'm, and I'm not going to try to get into that tonight. That's a whole historical issue. But what's important is there was a letter that my, that was in the family that my great grandfather, great grandmother wrote. And this is what was really interesting. My great-grandfather went up into the mountains and hid for weeks from Pancho Villa and basically survived off the land while he was in the area. And so that's, that's not unexpected. But was, what is unexpected is how the story goes in the letter, how polite Pancho Villa was, how he was a gentleman to the ladies in the hotel, how he was, he had his men be polite to them. I mean, this is a kind of a, it's an interesting rewrite of a lot of the histories we have. And it's a very important component because we know right now that these people are in the process of trying to rewrite history. In fact, the whole Fochi rabbit hole is an attempt to rewrite history. And you're seeing it right before your very eyes. This is how they do it. You come up with a magic letter like they did out of nowhere, and you exonerate DARPA and the DOD all in one go, when in fact they're one of the principal enemies of this whole fight. You put the blame on one person, the media fans it up, all these big influencers start fanning that up, and they start saying, look, 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 this great letter that Project Veritas wrote, and they're fanning it up, and they're all telling people to look. And that letter becomes burned into the memory of the history of the event. And with that, the whole view, when you go forward, it's very important because people will look back and say, that was caused by one evil man. They're not going to look at Pfizer. They're not going to look at Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson. They're not going to look at the influences of people in Trump's cabinet. They're not going to look at the Congress. They're not going to look at other players in this. They're just going to look at one thing. They're not going to look at Gates. They're not going to look at Soros. They're not going to look at... Cap Z is the corporation. They're not going to look at any of these things. 
And it's really important to understand this function of rewriting histories. If you remember what I said before, we typically say history is written by the victors. But in fact, history is written by the elites and the survivors. That's a true statement. Because the elites always plan plan these wars, so in a sense, they are the ones manipulating the narrative. Not in a sense, they are. But it's the survivors then that take the stories that are left, that piece it together, that complement the stories of the elites, and that becomes the new vision of history. And the survivors, in the typically, like in an event like we're facing right now, are usually the hand puppets of the elite in one fashion or another, or they're the ones that have been broken by the elite. The real courageous ones, the ones that are always on the front lines of the fight, the reason they love wars so much, wars are a fantastic thing for the elites, because they take those that are defiant, they take those that are bold and courageous, they take those that have hearts so big for the passion of of defeating evil, and they pit them against each other like lions or gladiators in the Christians. And they laugh and they think it's a great thing because they take the most bold of each culture and they have them clash. And they call out the best of humanity and they leave the rest of humanity in mourning. And so the mourning, the part of humanity that is in mourning starts to lament and talk about a different type of war. Or they lose focus on why we were even there or whatever that is. But the true sense of fighting, regardless of the morality of the, of the war. It's very important to appreciate this because you have to separate it. The true sense of the, of the energy behind the war, that commitment, that willingness to sacrifice yourself for anything that, or for whatever your belief is, that type of personality is rare in a culture proportionally. Look at the number of military people we have. And when you water down the number of people that we have in the military, which is approximately 1.2 million, and you keep shredding that down to the frontline soldiers that are really willing and able to go right to the point of the spear, you're going to end up with somewhere loosely around 100 to 200,000 people. Okay? Those are your, that's a big chunk of the society that has volunteered for the fight and is willing to die for the nation. So imagine every time you have a battle that you're able to cull out a chunk of those or damage them, or leave them with PTSD, or blown off limbs. You keep doing this over and over, and pretty soon you weaken, weaken, and weaken society. And then society doesn't want to talk about war. They don't want to remember the past. They, don't, they want to steer away from their histories, and they're influenced to start le- dreaming about idyllic nonsense, like, well, capitalism is the fault, and um, you all are racist. That's why we've had wars. And people believe it because the stories that they're surrounded by are the stories of the victims and the elites. It's even worse than survivors. It's the victims. We have an amazing obligation now in this time. And it's a powerful, powerful task set before us that is literally, in my opinion, biblical in nature. We must be documenting what we're seeing and hearing. What we must be telling the stories of the passions of our heart as we're talking to God. And that doesn't mean you're writing all day long, but it's important that we get these pieces, those glimpses from different people, and we preserve them. I don't know what, how they'll all be collated and put together. That's not the issue. We don't worry about a future. We worry about what we can grab right now. Because we're, 
I have no question in my mind. There's not an ounce of doubt in my heart that we're going to win this because God's with us. But more than that, I just don't doubt it, that we're going to win this. But I also know that getting from A to victory is not going to be a straight and narrow and easy path. It is going to be a climb. And it's going to be a challenge at times. And it's going to require a lot of each of us because even, let's just say today the deep state walked away. And they said, hey, folks, thanks for the, you know, in the true, in the true sense of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Thanks and thanks, goodbye and thanks for all the fish. That was literally when the dolphins left. That's why I was laughing. That was just a great line. Goodbye and thanks for all the fish. Um, let's just say that they cruised on out of here. And they left us. I just, I know, right? Everyone's probably going, "Oh, this is that would be awesome, man!" <laughs> like, yeah, but I'm going to say the yeah, but because imagine all of the that they would take with them. And I'm not saying it's bad, but it, it would leave a massive void in the system because they are running the system, and they would take that system with us. So we would have to recreate, anyways. My point. So even in the in the most perfect of situation where the elites are just like vaporized, that would be awesome. Like we could all pray on it and they're like, poof, gone. Zip out of here, turning into like good compost or something like that. But anyway, all gone. Here, here's, here's the thing. They are running the system. They are all of the system. So everything that we know, everything that we're familiar with from the cell phone to literally to the automobile, everything is going to be affected by their disappearance. They're vanishing because there's there's a ton of them in these elite positions. Now, can humanity recover? Naturally. But what would be required? An enormous amount of commitment to innovating and recreating. So my point is, no matter how you arrive at victory, that, that component is always going to be there. Because if we're going to step away from the nightmare that they've created and we are literally doing a breakaway economy, which by any other words is an exodus, then we have to be prepared to have unbelievable commitment for the day until our very last breath on this earth of not only separating but rebuilding for the future of the next and the generations yet unborn. When we can light and leave those fires of righteousness alive, For the next generation, they have something. And part of that is the legacy that we hand on to them, which again is, so these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be establishing those memorial stones now so that as we carry them forward, there is something to give to the next generation, not just our words. Our words are important. You can record your messages, do a podcast. I don't know, but I'm just saying that they, these things are important historical documents because we are witnesses to an amazing moment in time. And this time by any other, you cannot, I don't think anybody can deny that the magnitude of this moment is biblical. It is affecting every single person on the planet earth at the same time with the same threat. That is unprecedented in our known history. Now, naturally, what they're going to want to have remembered is there was a massive pandemic, and we came together, and as we came together, we stood together, 
to find a new way forward. We decided that people were too devastating on the environment. We lost many, and it was hard for us to face this loss. And so we've decided now to live a better life. We've restricted population growth so that we're no longer a burden on the planet. We've introduced great technologies to allow people to have a more peaceful life. We've gotten rid of anger. We've gotten rid of violence. We have... We identify problems before they emerge, pre-crime. Pompeo. You see? You see how that's done? And 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 the beautiful part about that for them is that all of this would be lost. Now, here's what's interesting. I mean, you should do this research. It's worth looking at because it's pretty amazing. Look up Tartaria which is really fascinating. No one really knows what happened here. This is a fascinating thing. And then look up like early pictures of San Francisco around 1850. There, there is some serious weirdness in our history and there is a massive void in our history. You've heard me talk about this, but I'm just, I'm not even talking about this potential gap of a thousand years. It appears to be there, but there is a literal gap in our own history. And you heard this me talk around this and kind of talk to this the last couple of weeks where we look at like Lewis and Clark leaves around 1805 and yet Hudson Bay Company is already on the West Coast. And then in 1850, all of a sudden, all these people appear in San Francisco and San Francisco is completely built up by what? Like in big stone buildings. Like who did that? A bunch of cowboys? I mean, it's really weird. So my point of all this is there's some really weirdness in our own histories. And what it's indicating is, again, the master the master puppeteers have shaped a specific version of history to affect their narrative, which they want us to believe, which ultimately the end goal for everything they do is one thing, keeping us away from our true inheritance that God gave us. That is always it. And it is it because they truly fear who we are, patriots. I can't under, I can't overstate that enough. And it's truly an amazing thing. We are of God. We are his children. And the fear that they have of us awakening and realizing our true sense, our true nature, our true power, has them so afraid that they're willing to go all in on this all at once and the thing is that as this wave has hit us of this assault on humanity to destroy humanity at a whole, we have seen more and more elites jump on the train of treason because many of them, I don't know that all of them were there, but I can tell you that once they've realized that they've crossed that Rubicon and they're looking at it going, oh my goodness, I was part and parcel with the destruction of humanity. What are they going to do to me? And this is the sad part. Though there would be consequence, I truly believe that people as a whole, if you truly had a steel-spined leader who had real courage and stood before the people and said, I was, I was led down a path that was wrong. I'm giving you an example. I was led down a path that was wrong. And that path resulted in me being part of something that ended up with the destruction of humanity. I cannot tell you what that's done to me. I'm now before you, I'm going to ask for your forgiveness and I have repented before Christ. 
I'm going to tell you, I don't know that I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go, hey, dude, you're coming over for dinner. But that type of leadership would unify the world. And it would truly awaken people to what true leadership would be. I I truly believe this. But instead, these measly scumbags are all choosing. It's like, well, I'm afraid what they're going to do to me. So what do they do? I'll make the deal with the devil because then he's promising me a nice little cottage over in Wuhan, China or something. These people are evil and weak and stupid, truly. I mean, in the true sense, they are. And they're blinded by their arrogance. They're blinded by their fear. They're blinded by their greed. And God's not going to forgive that easily. I won't say when forgive it. God can forgive everything. But God is not going to be pleased. He's not going to be like, oh, good job. Because he's going to hold account to those people that betrayed his children. Period. And so that takes us back to the memorial stones. We are going to be those that end up rising up from the ashes like a phoenix because they don't believe we can. And we're going to do so because we have such strength in our faith and we're building such strength in fellowship. And it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to give up things. We're going to have to deal with threats. We're going to have to deal with pressures on our, on our lives. But we're going to endure And as we go through, we each need to be grabbing a memorial stone so that as the storm passes and the evil collapses and the people wander and the new light of the world rises, which are the God's children, his remnants, his lead people back to a beautiful and peaceful place, those memorial stones are going to be the things that must be taught And as we teach scripture, we can then teach scripture within the context of what actually happened now. So the scripture becomes a living thing. We bridge the past to the present. And that to me is so important because that's when history and wisdom come together in a beautiful way, blessed by God in the whole way. And what we're doing is we're ensuring to the best of our ability that these times are never forgotten that this sort of insanity doesn't, isn't given a chance again to rise and that we learn the lessons that allow us to hopefully adapt, make the necessary changes, and push towards a greater and better humanity. None of us have experienced what a true representative republic would be like. None of us have experienced what the true voice of the people, the true choice of the people would be like to have them rule us. We've, all, we've been misled. No one has experienced a war where leaders don't try to intentionally create wars to kill off young men and women. Where conflicts actually are fairly minimal because the intention is to live in harmony, not to live at war with one another. And what traps they're trying to create are traps that are things like, and they believe this, they believe that if we have been stained by the killing of one another, that we can never go on to the greater afterlife that they see, except they forgot something. And that's our Savior, Christ Jesus. Because it's through him that all sins are forgiven, 
And it's through him that we can truly heal. And it's through him that we can reclaim our prominent place next to Father on the throne. So again, I would truly encourage memorial stones. I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's a beautiful thing to ensure and preserve to make sure that we have them so that we never forget this time. And then these words truly take hold. John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. And the one verse that I have said so many times since Bard's Fest, Jeremiah 6, 16, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the ways and seek and ask for the ancient paths, for the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Our future generations need to understand that fork in the road and the consequences that that leads to. And to forever be reminded of the importance of being defiant, of being sovereign, and of being free with the liberty that God gave us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, We're blessed in this time as we face some of the great challenges, but yet we know, Lord, that in this time so much is being revealed to give us the way forward, to give us the power of discernment to separate the wheat from the chaff. Mark 4.22, For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. And so, Lord, we do pray for that power of your grace and the power of your presence on this world to shake the foundations of this earth, to bring light to darkness and let this happen. Let this be, let us confront that and and encourage it to happen because the, this coming like this will literally transform what we are facing now. Lord, we're facing this time with fearless hearts And we stand so close in our love in Christ Jesus and to you, Father. We are truly looking forward to a life where we aren't faced with the constant world of deception and lies. And yet we know that that's our trial and our burden to carry at this moment. And so, Lord, as we do, let us walk in this time fearlessly. Let us occupy this land boldly and let us expand this kingdom with the fires of righteousness in our belly that only your children could truly do. Let us overcome, let us stand, let us never bow to any man. And we humble ourselves before you and say thank you. We pray for the healing of this land. We pray for the repentance of the sins done by our nations. Ask us to guide us, protect us, and lead us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' holy name. Amen. It's a wonderful time to be alive, though a little bit crazy. That's why we have things like coffee and cookies. 
because everything makes sense when you have a hot cup of coffee and a hot, fresh chocolate chip cookie. Everything does. So, oh, someone said biscotti. I so agree. Biscotti's the choice. That's it. You got it. Nailed it. And you got to have really hard, crispy biscotti so you can make it dippers in your hot cup of coffee. That's what the best is. Make sure and take some time to enjoy the small pleasures in life. Make sure and take some time to praise God for those small pleasures. Take some time to laugh each day. Because it's really stupid what we're facing. I don't care how you cut it. It might be a little torturous at moments, but it's still stupid. I mean, whether you, and I'm sorry, but I'm, I do laugh. I'm, I can, I'm, God will probably say, did you laugh at your neighbor? I'll be like, yeah, I did. He's an idiot. Can't believe it, man. Of course I did. Sorry, Father, but yeah, I did. <laughs> I can't help it. I mean, I know you made him, but golly, he's dumb. You know, I mean, Let's be honest. <laughs> I am. I'm totally honest with father. I'm like, yeah, so, okay. So take some time to enjoy life. Take some time to enjoy the little pleasures because of all the heaviness that we do. Truly, I mean, when we pour ourselves a cup of coffee and pop out a fresh biscotti or a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie, that's just delight, man. That is awesome. So Patriots, Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into this fight. Prayers up. It might get a little crazy. But we've got Christ before us and God behind us. And you can't get any better than that. That's A-team, double plus. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. All we have to do is trust. So let's trust big time. Let's put our prayers into getting rid of evil. Let's put our prayers into transforming this world the way we want it to be, the way we dream it to be. Let Father know. God is with us. He's never going to leave us. He's got this thing pinned down. He knows where it's going. But the best part is we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. What a beautiful thing to say. Mission forward. And we've got it. And he trusts in us. So let's do it. Have a blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Have a very blessed weekend. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to the level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now Fits
Thank、you.